0: Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, we bless your name, we give you praise, we give you honor, we adore you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy, we thank you for your favor upon our lives. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for a time once again in your presence to share your word, to fellowship, to be imparted in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we honor you, we adore you, and we say, oh, Lord, Take charge of this ministration. Pull me aside. Speak to your people. Let it be your words. Your word, O oh Lord, that is alive. Your word, O oh Lord, that is sharper than any two-edged sword that pierces even through the bone and the marrow. May your word pierce through our spirit May it go deep within us and may it help us, oh Lord, to live a life, oh Lord, that is pleasing to you. We pray also for impartation of your word. We pray, oh Lord, that all those that are supposed to be here, all those that are supposed to listen to this message, will be here, will listen to it, and may it transform their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So today we are going to um, speak on a very beautiful, powerful, but touching subject. And as I was preparing for this week, I literally didn't really prepare. But then as the time was getting closer, God just spoke to me that my people need to know about the power of my blood. My people need to know about the blood, the blood of Christ, what the blood has done for us, the power that is in the blood, hallelujah, the sacrifice of Jesus. And it's it's funny that we are also in the Holy Week, we are in the days of Easter. Today is literally Easter Saturday and technically Christ died yesterday and will resurrect tomorrow. And we are supposed to, you know, touch on this subject. Hallelujah. The blood. The blood. Blood in general. What is blood in general? I researched, you know, into our dictionary and it says that the blood is a red liquid that circulates in the arteries and veins of humans and other vertebrate animals carrying oxygen, to and carbon dioxide from the tissues of the body some of us were science students so we, we understand it so it's just a liquid that circulates go it goes round in a circle in, in your body to the arteries and veins so it's typically something that we need on, on to, to survive it is life we need it it is our life scientists have research and discover that the life of the human is in the blood hallelujah let's look at scripture and see what scripture talks about of the blood so i have here my subtitle the life is in the blood the spirit is in the blood hallelujah it says here in leviticus chapter 17 verse 10 to 11 i will set my face against any israelites or any foreigner residing among them who eats blood and i will cut them from the people for the life of a creature is in the blood and i have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar it is the blood that makes atonement it is the blood that makes atonement for one's life hallelujah the blood He said, the life of a creature is in the blood. The life of a creature is in the blood. God is literally telling the Israelites that the life of the creature is in the blood. So our life is in the blood. Blood is life hallelujah it says here in genesis 9 verse 4 to 5 says but you must not eat meat that has its life blood still in it and for your life blood i will surely demand an accounting. i will demand an accountant from every animal and from each human being too i will demand an accountant for the life of another human being so life is in the blood That's why God said that we we shouldn't eat blood because life is in it. And God is saying that He will demand accounting for for blood. For blood shed. This also tells us that when someone sheds another human being's blood, God will demand the blood of the person from you. Hallelujah. So it says in the word, Thou shalt not murder. Hallelujah. Let's go on to um the beginning before before that said so that once they were cleansed by the blood of the animal the life of the innocent okay so we will go we will we'll come to this we will come to this but i just want you to know here that the life of the animal is in the blood the life of the human being is in the blood hallelujah it says here in the beginning, when the Lord God formed man, said the, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the, the breath of life. And the man became what? A living being. So God breathed into the nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. So that breath that God breathed into man became a living being. That breath is life. That breath is the spirit of God. And the breath that God breathed to man made as a living being. So after the breath came first, man was just that. Man was just dust. But when the breath of God came, when God breathed upon man, man became a living being. Man came alive living. Man came alive. First man wasn't alive. Man came alive. Therefore, and blood, blood came up in, into man. The survival for our living, blood came into man. And that life that God gave man is in the blood. Hallelujah. The life God gave man is in the blood. So let's move on. Let's move on to the blood of the old covenant. So we've made this understanding, we've come to this understanding that the life of man is in the blood, the life of animals is in the blood, God himself said it, that the life of a creature is in the blood, so he doesn't permit us to eat blood or drink blood, hallelujah so the blood of the old covenant, we all know that we had an old covenant that is the law of Moses and the new we now have a new covenant of, with Christ Jesus it says here That is Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7 to 9. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first... Tabernacle was still functioning this is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and the sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper hebrews 9 verse 22 says indeed under the law almost everything is purified with the blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of, of sins so in the old covenant, the high priest was made to enter the inner room only once a year, and never without blood. So he had to enter the inner room, enter the enter God's presence, but he had to enter it with blood. Why? Because he himself was a sinner. From Adam and from Adam and Eve, from the fall, we all became sinners. So you can't. Um, be an unrighteous being and enter the righteousness of god there will be a clash there will be a clash <laughs> one has to die you know so he always enters with blood the bible said that when the lord was made and moses read out the law and the pe- god told them and the people said i will we will do it we will do it. Immediately, the people said they would do it with their own minds. God said, don't come close to me. said, any animal or something that got close to the mountain would die. Because we are unrighteous and God is righteous. We are unholy and God is holy. And how can two things which don't match, you know, agree? So there's definitely going to be a clash. So I'm sure the priest entered with the blood because it could cause their death. Entering the holy presence, you can die. You can die. So the priest entered God's our God's presence, once a year, only once, and with blood. Why with blood? Because the blood of the animal. The blood, the Bible said, the life of the animal is in the blood. So when the animal is, is killed, the animal is literally innocent. You know, he's just living according to how God has created him to live. He's innocent. So when that animal is killed without blemish, the animal that is good, that is neat without blemish, you know, is killed. The life of the innocence of that animal cleanses them outwardly. So when God looks at them, outwardly, he sees the innocence of the animal. He sees the innocence of the animal. So it was the blood of the guiltless substitute offered on the altar that served as payment for the people's sins. And there's something that caught me when I was reading this scripture. It says that, but only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. So that means, if what about those people that committed sins not in ignorance? Does that mean that the, the, the blood of the Lamb didn't cleanse them? Because it says here that the sins people had committed in ignorance it's stated in ignorance so what if someone intentionally committed a sin that means the blood wouldn't you know cleanse the person hallelujah so yes the blood of the innocent was a substitute or the guilt was a substitute for the payment of people's sins hallelujah hallelujah i'm sure that's why they they used to stone people that sin and all that because sin is death sin is to death hallelujah hallelujah the blood so in the old covenant, you realize that the blood could only cleanse them outwardly the blood could only cleanse them outwardly it couldn't cleanse them inwardly and it says in Hebrews nine verse twenty two that under the law almost everything is purified with blood. So the the law itself, everything that was under the law, it should it was purified with blood. So that means was that the law itself was not really was not really righteous <laughs> because everything said everything under it under the law. So everything that was under the law that the law has. You know made proclamation of was purified with blood it said, "Then without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness so the priests under the law they were purified with blood their people were purified with blood to enter god's presence they had to be purified with blood why because they were not righteous and they said without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins so once the blood, the life is in is, is in the blood, as we said earlier, it was a substitute. So once the blood of the innocent, the guilt that is not shed, there's no forgiveness. God still sees your sin. So under the law, God still saw their sin. Just a year, then they come back again. And it was just outward. So inwardly, they were still sinful. The Bible said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks so their heart was never cleansed their heart was sinful and their sinful nature just kept on repeating yes god bless you brother without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins hallelujah let's continue so now we know that we know of the law i want i want to speak about the blood of jesus first i want to speak about blood in general then we go to the blood of jesus so it says here in genesis 4 verse 8 to 11 now cain said to his brother abel let's go let's go out to the field while they were in the field cain attacked his brother abel and killed him then the lord said to Cain, where is your brother abel i don't know he replied am i my brother's keeper the lord said What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Hallelujah. So Cain shed his brother's blood. And God has said that anyone that sheds blood, he would demand the blood from another. He would demand the blood from another human being, so God was demanding blood. The blood Cain has shed from Cain, Cain has shed of Abel from him. Cain, where's your brother's blood? Where's is, where's is, where's is your brother? Because so literally God was demanding the life of Abel from Cain, because the life is in the blood. He shed his brother's blood. He shed his life. So God was demanding, where is the lie? I gave your brother life. I'm the giver of life. I am the giver of life. So how dare you shed his his blood? How dare you shed his life? I have given you no authority for that. Yes, a life for a life. So God was demanding. And Cain was saying that, am I my brother's keeper? He was trying to pretend or lie, I don't know. Hallelujah. And this is something that God said. God said that your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Listen. So that means Cain could hear <laughs> Abel's blood it's crying. God told Cain to listen. If Cain wasn't hearing it, God wouldn't tell Cain listen. So God told Cain that listen, can you hear? Your brother's life is crying out. I'm sure that is why some people, when they kill others, they, it haunts them. Even if it's accident, um, they did it in, in ignorance or in an accident, it haunts them because their blood is crying. Maybe it's not physically um, um, crying that we all see around, but their blood is crying, a life for a life. So there are some people that when they kill, they, they cannot be the same. They are never the same because the, the person, the life of the person is hunting them. It is the blood of the person that is crying out. God said, listen. So that means when you take a life of a person, you will hear the, the, the cry of the blood. You will hear the cry of that life you have taken. So God said, listen, your brother's blood cries out to, to me from the ground because God is the giver of life. So it was crying out to God. It was crying out. So you, whom you kill the person, you will hear the cry. God will also hear the cry because God is the giver of life. Hallelujah. This should tell us that blood speaks. Blood speaks. And even in our day. So that means when you murder someone, God will demand the blood from your hand. The blood speaks because there is life in the blood hallelujah now let's move on to the blood of jesus hallelujah says in hebrews chapter 12 verse 22 to 24 but you have come to mount zion to the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven you have come to god the judge of all, to the spirit of the righteous, made perfect, to, the, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. All blood speaks, because there is life in blood. So the blood of Jesus also speaks. Hallelujah. The righteous blood of the lamp without blemish, the perfect lamp, the perfect blood, the holy blood speaks. So you can imagine if unrighteous blood speaks. If even the blood of animals animals speak. Even the blood of Abel, who, who literally was considered a sinner. Because Adam was a sinner. And sin is from gener- a generational curse, something. So even Abel, who was a sinner, his blood spoke. How much more someone who was righteous. The righteous blood of God. It is powerful. It is powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's move on to the blood of Christ. What is the blood of Christ? How is it? You know, how come it speaks better than any other blood in the world? What is so unique about the blood of Christ? It says here in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 19, But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamp without blemish or spot. So the blood of Christ is like that of a lamp. It doesn't have blemish. There is no spot inside. It's <laughs> there is no spot. There is no spot in that blood. That blood is righteous. That blood is holy. Hallelujah. The blood of the Lamb, the blood of Christ. It said it doesn't blemish means that it doesn't have a small mark or flaw, which spoils the appearance of something. So it doesn't have any flaw. You see, w- maybe when you know you look at your skin and um, sometimes you realize that there are some spots <laughs> on your skin. Sometimes, be it's a pimple or something else. But just consider Christ's blood without blemish, without flaw. Just imagine you see someone that is so beautiful that the person doesn't have even a, a pimple. The person ha- doesn't have even a spot on the face. Like the person is so beautiful without flaw. It said in Song of Solomon, my beloved, my beloved, ha- there's like there's no flaw in you. There's no flaw in my beloved. The blood of Christ, <laughs> there is no flaw there is no flaw. Let's move on to this scripture. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19 to 23. It said, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once he were alienated, from god and were enemies to your minds because of your evil behavior behavior but now he has reconciled you by christ's physical body through death to present you holy insight without blemish and free from accusation so this whole thing is a lot but what i'm trying the point i'm trying to make here is that Christ's blood. god was able to use christ's blood as a, as a peaceful treaty you know when nations have treaty to make peace that we wouldn't do this you won't do that god was able to use his blood as a treaty for human human beings for mankind and himself that blemish that blood without blemish that blood without flaws that blood without spot what was able to become a treaty between mankind and god Hallelujah. The blood of Christ. Righteous. The righteous lamp of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that speaks. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Amen. I want us to continue to what is the use of the blood? We said that we just said that the blood was used as a peace treaty for us. What other things has the blood done for mankind? That blood, that blood that Christ shed on the cross, that blood, he was nailed to the cross. The Bible said that one of the soldiers pierced him from the side and water and blood came out. That blood, it wasn't just a blood of someone, another human being, but the blood of God. God made man that cleanses us hallelujah the first is that christ's blood was used as a ransom for us let's look at this scripture Revelation 5 verse 9 and they sang a new song saying worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for god from every tribe and language and people and nation hallelujah he said by your blood you ransomed people ransom is, is is defined as a sum of money demanded or paid for the release of a captive christ's blood was all that we needed to be released From the bondage of sin to be released from the captivity of the enemy christ's blood was a ransom for us he paid that blood for our redemption for our release from from bondage of the enemy christ's blood was the money that was used to set us free it is not something that gold can can buy Our redemption wasn't something that money can buy, that dollars can buy. It was something that is priceless. Tell yourself, I am a priceless being. 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 being." He ransomed me. He ransomed me from the bondages of the enemy. I am a priceless being. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. I am a priceless being. Next is eternal salvation. Eternal redemption, so sorry. Eternal redemption. Eternal redemption. It says here in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Christ didn't enter by the means of the blood of what? Of calves, By the means of the blood of goats. But he entered. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood. That blood without blemish. That blood which is flawless. That blood which is spotless. He entered for us he entered with his blood the bible said that he went to heaven with his blood into the most holy place he didn't enter the physical that we have the physical temple, he actually went to heaven and entered the real thing. The Bible said that once we have physically, it's just a shadow of what is of what is in heaven. So God told Moses that let it be in total detail what I have told you to do, because this is exactly what is in heaven. This is just a shadow that is on the earth. So Christ, when he died, didn't. You know, die on this physical temple that we have on the earth as goats and calves, but he he died, he himself, his own blood, he entered the most holy place, told God that God, this is my blood for the redemption of mankind. Hallelujah. You are priceless, you are a priceless being. You are a priceless being. Hallelujah. You are redeemed eternally. That means your past. your 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 future and your present (laughs) sins are forgiven christ has redeemed you once and for all you are redeemed somebody say i am redeemed you are redeemed there is redemption in the blood there is redemption in the blood hallelujah eternally you are redeemed no one can say you did this or that because god has redeemed you hallelujah let's continue the next is the blood makes us holy the blood makes us holy he said in Phoebe, and he sorry hebrews 13 verse 12 and so jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood so what is holiness Holiness is being dedicated or consecrated to God or a religious purpose. It says sacred. You are sacred to God. When we say something is sacred, it, it's no one touches it. It's like it's for God. It's pure. You know, it is righteous. Like it's consecrated to God. It is sacred. Hallelujah. Just like how they treated the ark of God. That that ark was sacred. You know, you don't touch it anyhow. You don't go in anyhow. Even in the temple, the most holy place, you don't go in in anyhow. The the high priest enters once a year, and even with blood, because it's sacred. It's consecrated. It's dedicated to God. Hallelujah. You are sacred. You are holy. You are dedicated to God. And the Bible said the blood of Christ had made us holy. First, when, you know, God was speaking, he told the people, don't come close to me. Because they were unholy. And God was holy. When Moses encountered the burning bush, God told him, remove your feet, you're on holy grounds. Don't you know this place is is, is consecrated to God? Don't you know this place is sacred? Hallelujah. You are holy. You are sacred to God. Therefore, the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ has made you holy. Just like how God is said, be holy for the Lord your God is holy. The blood of Christ has made you holy. The blood of Christ has made you holy. The blood of Christ. Has, somebody decree and declare. The blood of Christ has made me holy. It doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't matter the accusations of the enemy. I am holy. I am redeemed. I am a priceless being. Hallelujah. 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 You know, sometimes when unbelievers or even people in the church who are unbelievers tell you that you, you are this. And they start pointing fingers at you. Tell them that no, that is not who I am. I am holy. Jesus bought me with a price. I'm priceless. I am redeemed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, the blood of Christ cleanses our consciences. This is powerful. This is powerful because we realize that the blood of animals only cleanse the outward, but not the inward. Their hearts were still you know sinful. Their hearts were still um, unholy. It said in Hebrews 9 verse 14, how much more then would the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God so how much more then the blood that is pure the blood God's own blood God made man he shed for us how much more how much more that blood it doesn't just cleanse you outwardly but it cleanses you inwardly it cleanses your heart it cleanses your conscience Hallelujah. The Bible said the blood of the old covenant. Though the blood of animals and bulls, it says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 9, it says this is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. So the, the conscience of the worshiper was not cleansed. Yeah, they, they shed blood. But it, it wasn't the blood of Christ. <laughs> the conscience of the worshipper was in Christ. What is a conscience? A person's moral sense of right and wrong. So our conscience is what determines what is right, what is wrong. It it acts as a guide to our behavior. So our conscience literally, um, help make determines our actions. It literally guides us. In our behaviors, wh- wh- why we do this, what we should do, what we should not do. This is good, this is bad. And I think I was reading, I don't know if it's Hebrew, but Paul, yeah, Paul said something about conscience and he says that the word of God is able to, you know, wash us and the word of God helps us to know between the right and wrong. So the blood of Christ cleanses our consciences. We were sinful from adam yes we learned a lot of things from the law but we were not able to do it because we were trying to do it by ourselves but now the blood of christ has cleansed us not only outwardly it is powerful enough to cleanse us inwardly it's powerful enough to redeem us from guilt that we will not be guilty so the people went to be cleansed by goats and calves at the temple. But then inwardly, they were still sinful. Inwardly, they still had the guilt. I did this. I did that. The guilt wasn't taken away. But once we are cleansed by Christ, our consciousness are cleansed. So the guilt of that is taken away. The Bible said, you become a new creation. All things are passed away. So you, you God cleanses you. Inwardly, you become new. You become a new creation in Christ. The law is written in your heart. The word of God is written in your mind. So you know the difference between right and wrong. You are able to move on. So the people were really, not really ever able to move on because the sins of their past haunted them. But when you are in Christ, the sins of your past is no more. That is how come even Paul, who was a murderer, was able to live a new life once again. Because his past was cleared, he was a new creature and the life he now lives was in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ has cleansed our consciences. So when the devil tries to bring what you did in the past to so you, tell him no, God didn't make me righteous to make me feel guilty, but God made me righteous to cleanse my conscience, my consciences so that I can live a new life in Christ, hallelujah. When the spirit of accusations come, you tell them that no, that is not the voice of God. God cleanse me so that I can live a new life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! 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 Amen. Amen. I want us to continue. I want us to continue, hallelujah. The blood of Christ the blood of Christ so it says here in verse and um, Colossians chapter 1 verse 19 to 3 I just want to read it again for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood peace treaty <laughs> through his blood shed on the cross once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior so we were enemies in our minds so yeah you have gone to you know kill a bull or a cow the priests have killed the bull or the cow or the goats in your favor and you are you are trying to live a good life from now on but your mind you were alienated in your mind. In your mind, you still think of yourself as a sinner. In your mind, you still you are still hunted by the things you did. You are still thinking of yourself as an enemy to God. Your your mind is judging you because of your evil behavior. So in your mind, you were alienated from God and were enemies to God. So the blood of bulls, the blood of calves, yeah, cleansed them outwardly but in their minds they were being judged, in their minds they were being accused and that thought of sinfulness, that thought of what if they've done that guilt alienated them from God made them enemies with God. they could never come close to God because deep within they knew that now I am a sinner. I am not right with God. So I can't cl- come close to God. So in their minds, they made themselves enemies to God. So who you who have been cleansed by the blood of Christ, you are cleansed in your mind. You are able to live a life of God. So anyone that tells you otherwise is a liar and, and it's from the accuser. Hallelujah. He said, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body. Judah to present you holy in his sight so now you are holy when god sees you he sees the holiness of christ he sees you without blemish and free from accusation so no one can accuse you you don't have any flaw you don't have any spot because when god sees you he sees the innocent that has been substituted for you he sees the blood of christ he sees the guiltless said if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. someone said that my conscience is clean my conscience is clean my conscience is clean it doesn't matter what anyone says my conscience is clean my conscience is clean yes his blood cleans our consciences we can worship with a clear conscience hallelujah hallelujah amen now that's to continue there is forgiveness in the blood it says in hebrews 9 verse 22 in in fact the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with the blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness So even the law, the law required that everything should be um, uh, shared, you know, should be cleansed with blood because it wasn't really righteous. Everything under it wasn't righteous, so it should be cleansed with blood. So once a blood is not shed, there is no forgiveness. There is no forgiveness, Abel knew this, that is why Abel's sacrifice you know was accepted by god because he understood this principle and he killed the lamb and it was a sacrifice that was accepted it was a good sacrifice that was accepted by god and it was a shadow of what christ will do christ's death that will actually be accepted by god hallelujah so the law requires that everything be cleansed with the blood Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So Christ has shed his blood for us. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for for not giving up on us. Thank you, Jesus, for going through that purpose, for shedding your blood for us that will be forgiven. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is when you stop feeling angry about someone, when you stop being resentful towards someone, or for an offense, for a flaw, for a mistake. When your death is canceled, maybe you owe someone money and the person say no don't worry i don't remember it again i'm i'm done i'm done with thinking you owe me you don't owe me again you are forgiven that is forgiveness so god is telling us that i'm not angry at you i've stopped feeling angry at you i'm not resentful towards you for your what you did no your flaw I, your flaw is no longer there you've been cleansed when i see you i see you flawless my beloved is flawless. I love you and you are flawless. Your debt that you owed for sin, that required that um, a blood need to be shed, is canceled because Christ has shed his blood for all of you, hallelujah. So you are forgiven, I've forgiven you, I've forgiven, I've forgotten. When I look at you, I don't see what you've done, but I see the guiltless, I see the innocent blood of Christ that was shed on your behalf, hallelujah. The next is relationship with God. I, 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 I term it intimacy with the Father. The blood of Christ has, has brought intimacy to us, intimacy with the Father. I once had a dream where in the dream I was being taken away. Someone tied a cloth to me and was being take, and was taking me away. And as I was going, I was suspended in the air and the person was taking me away. And my husband in the dream came and just cut me, cut the cloth and 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 took me away from that person. And the person couldn't do anything, so it's like, the person saved me. My husband was, it was like my second husband, and he was wearing blue. I asked God, God what does that dream mean? And God said that in, and my husbands were three, by the way, in the dream. And literally, <laughs> Jesus is the one. In, in in the second you know position it's not really about power or anything but it's like jesus was the second uh, let's say jesus came you know jesus is the mediator and after jesus the gift so they literally you know put jesus second so jesus came to save me and him wearing blue means heaven jesus saved me from the enemy the enemy was trying to snatch me away And Jesus cut the enemy's hold of me. Jesus saved me. And once Jesus saved me, I had intimacy with the the Father. Yes, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. So Jesus saved me. Jesus cut me from, from the hands of the enemy. The enemy was sending me away. The enemy had cut hold of me but jesus it came right in time jesus cut me from the hold of the enemy and jesus saved me hallelujah so when jesus saved me in another dream i had intimacy with god i had intimacy i was talking to god i was able to talk i was able to be vulnerable with god and god was vulnerable with me hallelujah it's intimacy with the father jesus has brought intimacy with us first we were far away from god but now we are near to god now we have intimacy we can talk to god in the olden days god said don't come near me when he, he was in the wilderness and the lord was being ready so the people don't come near me anyone that came close died even the priest to enter the innermost place to enter the the inner place he, they had to tie something to him because it's quite possible that something might happen and he might die so and he doesn't even go there by his own strength he goes with the blood of a lamb so that God will see the, the innocence of that blood the guiltless on him hallelujah intimate so now we can talk to God wherever whenever <laughs> we have close contact he works with us He he works with us. There is no template for talking to God. (laughs) God is with us. We have a close relationship. He works with us. He helps us. He lives with us. He lives in us. The Bible said he has created a new temple. We are the temple of God. He doesn't live in a temple made with human hands, but he lives in us. Hallelujah. And he makes us holy. He has reconciled us to himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah i have a relationship i'm proud to say god is my father jesus taught us that when you are praying you should say our father the the jews were they, they were in shock because no one has ever called god their father god was god the god they knew you know was scary the bible said that moses even trembled he said i am in fear i am in fear just by the sound of god speaking he was in fear Moses was trembling Moses the one that had gone into the presence of God he was in fear and he trembled but Jesus came and said, don't worry there is a new covenant I have redeemed you so now when you go to God you can say my father once again you are his children he has bought us he has bought us with a with a priceless precious blood of Christ so now you can you are back. He has adopted you as sons. And as sons, you have every right. <laughs> you have every right to God. Hallelujah. The blood of the Lamb has redeemed you. So now I have a relationship with God. But sadly, most believers don't utilize this relationship. Most believers still live under the law, they try to obey the law. They live self-righteously. And that is sad. And I pray for this generation that we will be a different kind of people. We will be a people of Christ. We will be a people who have relationship with God, people who walk with God. In in, In this generation or the generation before, we always saw God as distant. It's as if we were still living under the law, that we can't really approach God, that we have to try we have to try and and not sin. We have to try and li- to please God. But thanks be to God, thanks be to Jesus, that bridge has been broken. Now we can come boldly before God. We can allow God to help us live. We can walk with God. I always see myself as someone that god holds the hand and works with each day each day when i wake up i know that it's not another day to do something for myself it's not another day to go to work it's not another day to do anything but then it's another day to work with god i always put on my status on whatsapp another day to choose god another day to live with god not to try to live for god but to walk with him to, to to work with him to help him to help me to please him (laughs) he helps me to please him can you imagine who does that no other religion offers that god will the god they say will help you to please them no but god helps us to please himself (laughs) that is crazy and that is so it sounds like a ponzi scheme (laughs) like why will i help you to please me But God does that because of the love that he has for us. Yes, brother, Jesus has reconciled us to God. Now we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come boldly to the throne of God to find grace in our time of need. Grace and help in our time of need. Relationship over religion, any day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah relationship of our i want after i want us to post relationship of our religion thank you jesus for your sacrifice it will not go to waste we will utilize it in our generation in the mighty name of jesus it said in ephesians 2 verse 13 but now in christ jesus you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of christ we who were far away have been brought near Now, God is not saying, don't get close to me. God is saying, come to me. God yearns for us to even come. God yearns to talk to us. God yearns to tell us even about his day, about the deep things. God yearns to speak to us, to share with us. Just like God had friendship with Abraham when God was even going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. God had to stop by Abraham and speak to him why, because Abraham was his friend. He couldn't do it without telling him. God wants friendship, he wants relationship, even more than us. When Adam was in the garden, before the fall, God used to walk by in the day to and, and, and have conversations with Adam. He taught Adam, Adam till the land. God yearns to rule with us. God yearns to share revelations with us. God yearns to share insights, to live with us, how to live the ways of life because he created it. Just imagine, sometimes when, when we were kids, just imagine for the girls, those of us who had dollhouses, you wanted to, you know, play with the doll, you wanted to teach the doll, don't do this, don't do that. It is bad to say this word, it is good to say this word, don't say that. <laughs> and the guys with, you know, the the cars and all, oh, you wanted to drive it, you know, drive this way, drive right. You know, that's the same way God wants to help us. God wants to drive with us. He doesn't want us to drive because the car wouldn't know where to go. But he wants to drive with us, sure, because he is the creator. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Relationship with the Father. Intimacy. Intimacy. Hallelujah. It says here, in the next point, the blood testifies of us. This is one who came, that is, that is 1 John chapter 5 verse 69, First John chapter 5 verse 69, it says, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, he did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater, because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. Hallelujah. This scripture is is deeper, it's so deep. Now we can even imagine, but in the context of what we are talking about, you know, we just you know have that revelation of it. The Bible said that three that testify the blood, the water, and the spirit, and Jesus said that the spirit of God will come and he will testify not of himself but of me. So the spirit testifies the water testifies the word the word the word testifies of christ throughout scripture the whole word is christ the whole word is jesus when you read the old testament you think that jesus is not mentioned but jesus is everywhere in the old testament just that jesus is hidden and the blood the blood of christ the blood as we learned in the beginning the blood speaks so the blood testifies God can hear the blood testifying, just as he was able to hear Abel's blood testifying to him. The blood testifies of us. Hallelujah. Uh, what is testimony? Testimony is giving evidence as a witness in the law court. So when imagine you are at, you are in a court and the judge is there. The judge is God. And the enemy comes with a whole lot of accusations. Yes, he did that. Yes, he lied. Yes, he did this. Yes, he he is this. He's a fornicator. Yes, he is this. He's a liar. He's a cheat. He is this. And the enemy comes with all sorts of accusations. Here is Christ. Here is the word. And Christ comes full of the spirit. (laughs) Christ comes and says, and um, to the judge this is this is this is the evidence i have for the defendants this is the evidence this is the, ev- the, the evidence i have is is is, is, is the blood the evidence i have is the blood my blood precious without blemish flawless this is it can you see it? my blood while jesus presents his blood then the judge just adjourns i adjourn this meeting case closed the defendant wins <laughs> Hallelujah. The accusa- the, uh, the accuser of the, the brethren loses. Hallelujah. The blood speaks against the accuser of the brethren. The blood testifies of us. So once God sees the blood, it's finished. Your case is adjourned. Hallelujah. The blood is a witness. It's own self is a witness. There is life in the blood and the blood um, um, speaks on our behalf. The blood testifies that we are sons of God. The blood testifies that we are redeemed. The blood testifies that we are forgiven. The blood testifies that we have a right to be intimate with the Father. The blood testifies that we are righteous. We are made whole. We are holy. The blood testifies that we have a right to come to God. Hallelujah, (laughs) the blood testifies, it testifies for us, it is our source of testimony, it is our source of witness, thank you Jesus for your blood, hallelujah. The next is reconciliation, as our brother was saying, reconciliation, Colossians chapter 1 verse 20, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth. Things in heaven, and making peace through His blood shed on the cross. So we've read the scripture earlier. God has reconciled us to Himself. Not at all things, all th- not just us, but all things. The things that we lost to the enemy, <laughs> the authority we lost to the enemy, all that God has taken it back to Himself. God has reconciled it back to Himself. And the beautiful thing is that he has given us back that authority that we gave to the enemy. God has taken it and given it to us back. Hallelujah. Jesus, the Bible said Jesus went to hell and he triumphantly. Yeah, he made fools. Let, let me say in my own um English, he made fools of the enemy. He won a triumphant victory over the enemy, over the devil. He went and took the keys. He went and took the keys. The Bible said, the Lord said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Because right now I have the keys of death and life. It's in my hands. So the gates of hell have no power. I have rendered them powerless. This is to say that whenever something happens to you, whenever, you know, anything occurs, it's because you have given the enemy way. You have given the enemy the power, the authority that God has given you. So when we start to feel sick, the enemy will just, you know, sometimes he just comes around. He cannot. He has no power. He just deals in illusions and delusions. So he, he comes and maybe he just makes you feel as if you are sick. Then he start to say, I'm, I'm not feeling so well immediately you say that you have given him the power so you speaking that there is power in your mouth god has given you authority declare yourself sick then it's like oh the enemy has made me sick no if you made yourself sick he just had to you know make a delusion made make an illusion to make you believe in that illusion and speak it the Bible said the heart believes and the mouth makes a proclamation the mouth makes a declaration of that power into effect so what you believe and you speak will come to pass because God has given you authority as a believer so the enemy just in him he has no power God has rendered him powerless so he just comes and yeah, just like how the blood of Abel spoke against Cain the blood of jesus speaks for us so the blood of jesus has reconciled us to god we have been reconciled the priest treaty of the blood has been made so we are now reunited to god and not only us but the authority that god has you know given us that we gave to the enemy god has given it back to us we have the authority we have the power through the blood we that jesus has rendered the enemy powerless the enemy has no power. It's he, he is able to, you know. Let me say, he's able to um bring about his evil conquest to success when we give him the power that God has given us. He knows he can't do anything. So he just makes delusions and we believe and we render up, you know, we, we we proclaim it and it happens. That is why I believe in positive affirmation, even if I'm feeling sick. I, I say that I am healed. (laughs) I say that I am healed. When Jesus was at Gethsemane, Gethsemane is also um means represents the the Mount of Olives. It's where olives are being made. So it is, you know, understood or it is believed that Jesus was, you know, the was the anointed one. The anointed means you are, you know. You are anointed with oil. (laughs) So as he was in Gethsemane, he was being pressed. And oils are pressed. You know, the olives are pressed to become oil. So he was being pressed in Gethsemane. As Jesus was in Gethsemane, as he was being pressed, he felt it. So the enemy literally was making, you know, illusions and delusions. Jesus started to be fearful because fear is not from God. He was sorrowful. Sorrow is not from God. And when that happened, Jesus went to God and said that, God, I feel that this cup, I wish this cup will pass over me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Jesus was trying to tell God what he was feeling. That what the problems around was making him feel, what, how it was getting to him. But he refused to make that declaration so that the enemy will have power. So he said that, yes, I wish (laughs) this, this person is making me wish that it will pass over me, but nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. So though he was making, he was trying to tell God what was happening to him, he refused to make that declaration that what was happening will come to pass, that the enemy will have a foothold, hallelujah. So we have power. We are reconciled to God. And God has given us power. Hallelujah. The next is, The blood has made us conquerors. Revelation 12 verse 11. Hallelujah. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. They have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb. Who are they? The church. The ones who have conquered. The conquerors they have conquered by the blood of if you start reading revelation chapter one chapter two you realize that the letters to the seven churches were being spoken and some of the churches it's ended it's ended that they will uh, they will conquer those who will conquer those who will conquer those who will conquer they will receive you know the the victor's crown those who will conquer and revelation 12 says that they have conquered by the blood of the lamb so you can only conquer by the blood of the lamb and the blood has already been shed for us so we are able to conquer by the blood of the lamb we are able to take control by the blood of the lamb what the enemy does is that he he makes us not to lose he makes us to lose sight of the blood and to focus on him but jesus has already won the victory Jesus has already conquered. So when we believe and we take hold of the blood, we are able to stand in that conquer that Jesus has already conquered. We are able to stand in that victory that Jesus has already won for us. So by the blood, we are conquerors. So we are known as conquerors. We don't have to die first to be conquerors. And Jesus has already, you know, granted us redemption. So when we die, we don't really die. We just sleep. Jesus said, oh, Lazarus is sleeping. (laughs) We just sleep. Because we have eternal life, we cannot die. So we just sleep. Hallelujah. So we are conquerors. Even on this earth, we are conquerors. And we conquer by the blood. So we are able to conquer the enemy. Conquering or a conqueror is to overcome and take control of a place or a people by military force so jesus has given us a military force jesus has given us power so we are concrete we are known as conquerors we can take control over the, the the whatever the enemy has taken hold of in our life in our families if the enemy has stolen your peace you can take control of your surroundings you can take control of that peace you can take it back because you are a conqueror. You have a military force that God has given you. You can take control of your life. God has given you the ability to take control of your life. Hallelujah. The ability to take control of that which God has given you. Hallelujah. You have the ability to take control. Amen. Amen. The blood makes us conquerors. Somebody say, I am a conqueror. I am a conqueror. I am a conqueror. I have a military force living within me. That force is a power, and that power is the spirit of the living God. The next point is healing. I'll I'll close shortly, I'll close shortly. That's literally the last point. The last point, healing healing the blood makes us you know healed or the blood causes us to be healed we are healed by the blood of the lamb the bible said in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 it says that he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed hallelujah By his stripes, we are healed. So, through the wounds of Jesus, the stripes that he got, the soldiers, the Bible said the soldiers whipped him. The wounds that he got when they nailed him to the cross, that hole, you know, he was wounded in his, you know, in his hands, on his leg. They put a nail there. His wound was for our transgression, was for our sin. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes. Every stripe he took was for our healing. Therefore, by that stripe, there is a blood in that stripe. That blood, his blood heals us. His wounds heals us. So by the blood of Christ, we are healed. Somebody say, I am healed. By the blood of Christ, I am healed. By the blood of Christ, I am healed. Hallelujah. So I end with this. The blood of Christ is to be received by faith. Romans 3 verse 25. Whom God puts forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. So the blood is to be received by faith by faith you receive Christ by faith the blood is to be so when you receive Christ you receive his blood so the blood will not work for you if you've not received it by faith you don't see the blood physically but when you receive it by faith spiritually it works for you the Bible said we live by faith and not by sight we don't see the blood of Christ physically but we receive this by faith hallelujah the blood is received so jesus said in the last supper take this wine as the blood of my confidence the bible said when there is no shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins so when there is a shedding of blood then there is a confidence so christ shed his blood so that we have this new confidence with the lord this new confidence hallelujah so Christ has shed His blood; we have a new covenant with God. So we believe in the blood, and we are able to walk in this new covenant. We believe and receive it by faith. Hallelujah. It said in Hebrews chapter ten, verse nineteen to twenty-one: Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have re- we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Christ, by Jesus, a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his holy his body and since we have a great priest over the house of god so right now by the cry the blood of christ the blood of jesus a new and living way has been opened for us through the curtain so now it's not only priest that enters the curtain but then we have a great priest that is christ jesus who has shed his blood for us So now we are able to go into the presence of God because of the blood that speaks for us. Hallelujah. The blood speaks. Someone say the blood speaks. (laughs) The blood speaks. I want us to pray. Wherever you are, I want us to pray. We are praying. Hallelujah. We are praying that may the blood speak on our behalf. May the blood speak on our behalf. May the blood speak on our behalf the blood that has been shed for us may it speak for us oh lord let your blood speak over my life let your blood speak on my behalf let your blood speak for my family let your blood speak oh lord let your blood speak over my surroundings let your blood speak oh lord as an atonement for my sins the blood of justification the blood that has justified us let your blood speak let your blood speak over my job let your blood speak over my business let your blood speak over the school of the spirit Losanta Arya Rababa Shanta Make a Rose Kara Shanta let your blood speak on oh Lord over the world at its over the church let your blood speak Reme Kampa Shampa Rababa Baba the blood that speaketh better words than the angel Lemme Kampa Simabasoni ramama. Mantedo, Ria Shindal, La Escamask, and Matin Teddy Skitty Bariba sent to the bulls, Rabba Baba, Rakero, Sadamashanta, Ekerebade, Do the Arababa shifted the bulls, and Ababa Baba, Do Iskarababa shifted the Rabba Baba Baba, and make his son to the Baba, the blood that speaks. When Christ was on the cross. The women were weeping, people were weeping that Christ was crucified. Jesus said, don't weep for me, but weep for your sons and your daughters. He knew that blood speaks. He knew that blood speaks. So he said, weep over your sons and daughters. Weep over them. Weep over them because the blood speaks. The blood speaks. Hallelujah the blood speaks May the blood of Christ speak on your behalf ro solta aria papachetele bom nakunta sampa aria sama suite re bolsa rakish tana isklele sinamashira was inte e papaba bagachetele bolsa papasunte re i speak the blood of Christ gova I speak the blood of Christ over my daily life. I speak the blood of Christ over my business. I speak the blood of Christ over the school of the spirit. I speak the blood of Christ over sinners that may they also be in the blood and may the speak for them in the mighty name of Jesus. May they be Made May they be saved jesus the blood that speaketh a better word than the blood of abel in the mighty name of jesus amen the blood speaks and the blood of christ powerful blood without blends flawless speaks for you and me in the mighty name of jesus amen hallelujah